Hi there, this is Emily Williams, Disability Advisor for the Diocese of Leicester, and you're listening to the Disability in the Church podcast, a place where I chat to different guests all about disability inclusion within the Christian church. I hope this will be a place where we can learn together, make mistakes together, and spark new ideas together. This episode was recorded remotely during the UK lockdown, therefore the sound quality might not be as good as normal, but the content is still fab. Let's get started. Today I'm joined by Sam Duick. Professionally, Sam has been an intervention and inclusion team member within primary schools, as well as an assistant Senko. Now it feels really, really weird to be referring to Sam as Sam, uh, because she happens to also be my mummy. So, podcast listeners, meet my mum. Hi everybody, this is my first podcast. Very exciting and very daunting in equal measures. You feeling chilled, relaxed, calm? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> tell, us a little bit, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your what, hobbies, favourite holidays? Um, favourite holidays have to be taking the caravan to the Dordogne. Oh, nice. Uh, camping on the door and canoeing on the door, actually on the Dordogne. Obviously, we weren't caravanning on the Dordogne. Um, that's funny when people ask me what my favorite holiday is I say canoeing at the Dordogne <laughs> ah, ah, it's almost as though we were there at the same time almost. <laughs> hobbies crocheting reading Netflix in these strange times in February 2021 <laughs> puzzles you've got pretty good at your puzzle game I have got very good at jigsaw puzzles. Yes, I have completed two in the last two weeks. Uh, okay, so before you got into, you know, intervention, inclusion, um, special needs area, you were a primary school teacher, correct? Yes, that's right. I trained as a primary school teacher, as a mature student. Oh. I trained between 2002 and 2005 uh, at University College Northampton. Woo-hoo! Uh, so I I then was a class teacher throughout the whole primary age range from year six all the way to reception I've taught in over a period of about 12 years wow you're aging yourself now that's okay I am a granny (laughs) you are a granny um so what presumably I'm just trying to think back when you trained there may not have been a whole lot of special needs stuff in the training maybe for teaching no I'd agree with that comment yes there wasn't a lot um I would say that special needs and inclusion has definitely become more prominent more recently Hmm. um Even though there was nothing in your training, though, and presumably in every class that you taught in, um, there will have been students with either identified or unidentified additional needs. Um, You will have needed to tackle that, regardless of being trained for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. From a chappy with hearing aids who needed me to wear a microphone around my neck. Um, I needed to make sure that I hadn't got necklaces or anything on because anything banging the microphone, obviously, that also amplified or sent that through to his hearing aids. 
Um, I do wonder how they work nowadays with lanyards, although lanyards are a soft fabric and they could brush the microphone and maybe not have uh, as much of a sound as a necklace would do. That's a really um, like you just wouldn't, to me, like, oh, it's easy. I'll just wear a microphone around my neck. I don't even really need to think about it. Pop it on. He can hear me. You don't even think about, oh, actually, if I'm, if I scratch my chest, he's going to hear that. If I've got long hair that wafts over it, if you've got. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I, I always remember the training I went on um where we were given hearing aids we we were given hearing aids to wear and we just had to experience the room that we were in wearing hearing aids i bet that was invaluable oh my goodness the hot air heaters the projector humming a chair scraping on the floor all of that sound is amplified and that now must be quite helpful. I know that training was to do with um, like hearing loss, but actually that's all transferable to a child maybe with autism or that's really like sensory sensitive um, because they're all things that I would probably, you and I generally in life would not notice that in a room. Like in, in my kitchen, I bet that would be quite stressful. You've got a fridge, you've got a dishwasher, you've got pipes, all of which are going to be making background noise that you and I just filter out. Um, but because you've been able to experience that yeah transferable yeah, absolutely invaluable mm -hmm. and if anybody does need to wear a microphone around their neck um, a top tip remember to turn it off when you go to the toilet <laughs> do you speak from experience there mum I might speak from experience there there was an occasion when I walked back into the classroom and I caught the chappie's eye across <laughs> the classroom and he gave me a look and then I realised what had happened. Oh my days, that's <laughs> fantastic. How old was this child? Uh, year six. Oh, okay. So you could laugh about it, a bit of banter. Um, absolutely. And we continue to have a bit of banter and a bit of a rapport when I see him in town, if I bump into him in town. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking with the microphone around the neck, um, uh, Ben, my husband, Ben is about to be ordained. And so we're buying robes and, um, cassocks and there's various fancy words that I will get wrong. So I won't even attempt. Um, but obviously, if you're wearing, that's all quite floaty and the robe, it's not a necklace by any stretch of the imagination, but the cassock or the scarf, as I term it, I wonder if that would affect, be interested to look at that, actually, that's worth checking. I will make a mental note. <laughs> mm. um, so am I right in thinking that it was when we went to New Wine Newark one year that you were sort of fully introduced and immersed into the world of inclusion? Yeah, absolutely. It hadn't really been on my radar until then. I'd obviously um, experienced children with various needs within a mainstream classroom, but actually looking back, that was quite sheltered. Mm. So although I'd had regular exposure to seeing folks um, out on the street or in town or, or at events, I hadn't really interacted with anybody who'd got additional needs. I guess there was so, the, 
like a segregation inclusion line like you'd aware they were in the world but you'd not really done the whole merging those worlds type thing yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely so at the time we were um living in Hinckley and we were members of St John's Church in Hinckley we just had a a new vicar arrived uh new Kate Wharton from vicar factory when Gary and Kate trained together as vicar factory, uh, vicar factory and Kate was heading up the Our Place venue at New Wine in Newark and that venue is a safe place for children it was just children then it's now adults um adults as well um with any sort of additional need they they could they could be in the our place venue and be accommodated there or they could be supported out in the children's venues so Gary and Claire roped in a couple of carloads of young people and uh, I put myself in there. I was a teacher, school summer holidays, yeah. nothing nothing to do. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> we, we went to Newark. You must remember that. We went to Newark to help set up yeah. the venue. That was the on year occasion. you roped me in that year. They were low on team and you roped me in that year. And that was the year I was first introduced to that world as well. So I remember being on team in the venue, supporting um, the team that were responsible for families, um, pampering the parents, making sure that if, they needed um, washing doing, then we would do washing for them. And, and being, so you don't have washing facilities or the families. Absolutely. Yeah. But particularly with children with any sort of additional needs, then bedwetting might be an issue. Um, and, and to just get alongside the kids that were in the venue and support them in the activities for a particular whatever the theme was that year uh, so so yeah that was my first exposure really and ex and experience with children with additional needs and obviously so in the our place venue they had i guess a weird kind of way the luxury of um running their complete own church bible program um however however they needed to do that so it could they had they've kind of had a sensory room didn't they and like a little marquee in there they would do sensory stories and um everything would be around movement and engaging the senses and would therefore be really accessible do you remember any like particular activities or things like that that you thought oh, i've never seen anything done like that before oh i loved I, I really liked the sensory. You called it a marquee. It was more of like a little gazebo because we were in in a cattle shed. Yeah, yeah. That was carpeted, and we had, did spend a day making it absolutely beautiful and accessible and a lovely place to be. But that's what it was, wasn't it? It was a cattle yeah, shed. Yeah. Anyway, so the the um, the the sensory room if you like in within the gazebo was just amazing and 
uh, I can remember thinking, oh, wow, you know, there's some really simple things in here that we could do, um, you know, just like fairy lights, like um, swizzy strobe lights in batteries that you have when you go to the panto or, or Christmas fairs, you know, those sorts of things. And, and that, that opened my eyes. The other thing that really, really stuck with me was uh, adapting the Bible stories and making them as sensory as possible. Um, from passing round things for people to touch and to feel, huh, pre-COVID. <laughs> uh, you know, if there was water in the story, you had a little water pistol and you sprinkled everybody with water or you, you let them come and put their hands in the bowl of water. That, that was just, it was like a light bulb moment for, for me, really, that, that you can adapt. teach and learn in a well, non-language focused way absolutely and actually if, if with like so many things if you use a strategy to support one group of people actually often everybody mm. then benefits from that particular that particular mm. strategy completely I I have no sort of additional needs or anything you know I don't like labels but as they go I'm I'm a typical adult I suppose um which sounds wonderful uh, but I I really struggle to listen to a sermon like they're boring I'm tired I'm not in, <laughs> like they're just not interesting they don't capture me I like I just I have to use a lot of my brain power to stay engaged and listen to a sermon however yeah. when there are practical examples in a sermon when there are get up and go to this station when there are you've got this pack in front of you when anything like that really easy simple ways to engage people in the sermon or a video clip or anything like that a little quiz question um I find it way easier to remain engaged so you know that the impact of that must be even more so for individuals that do have needs absolutely so then you did that week had many light bulbs moments as we've heard and then you when did you shift from being your a classroom teacher to more of the intervention inclusion stuff in your professional life like how did that journey happen okay so I uh, had a period of time off work with stress and depression reduced my hours to part-time and the school that you and Ed had been at were happy to have me on their supply books for as and when for the other days of the week that I wasn't contracted teaching. That became a one day a week supporting children who needed help, particularly with spelling and reading. And then that emerged into a three day a week and, and that, that intervention work, that three days a week intervention work was very, I was very fortunate to be able to be in, in a room where I could have my own space and children came to me in that room. That room also developed into becoming a bit of a safe space for children who needed just some time out of the classroom, just to re-regulate, to 
calm down to do something a bit completely different yes. that they're relying on for that period of the day to enable them to access uh, what's being taught and to give them the best opportunities that they can have for it evolved on. naturally then oh absolutely Quite, it kind of came from almost spelling and reading intervention and then that there was that natural evolution into intervention support and yeah things. yeah and then we've moved to Devon and there was a job advertised as an assistant Senko and I thought oh that sounds interesting that's a special educational needs coordinator for those who aren't familiar with uh, educational terms um so I applied for that job and got that job. I started in the first lockdown and it was a maternity cover role. Um, and <laughs> it came to an end a few weeks ago in another lockdown. <laughs> so although it hasn't been the nine months that I was expecting it to be, nor that the school were expecting yeah. it to be, it has... <laughs> well absolutely it has exposed me to lots of different ways that schools can uh support children who are struggling a bit for whatever reason to access their learning i mean it's crystal clear that you are really passionate about this um this area and that's really lovely to see um i mean quite clearly because you not only do this in your professional life you then try and get involved in it in your church life as well what um what i guess skills techniques uh, that you use at schools have you found transferable to church whether that be you're helping on a sunday or just chatting with a family or um yeah what what's like been like a transferable skill to your church life Okay, I think that's given me confidence to actually approach families or individuals who have a visible uh, additional need and would give me co more confidence in chatting with somebody who I would then find out about if they had an invisible additional need. Mm -hmm. And actually, they're just like you and me. <laughs> yeah. They just want friendship to be listened to so with regard to um churches being able to support children with additional needs i think there are lots of uh easy quick strategies that could be used tell us tell us tell us more <laughs> tell us tell us tell us more this podcast and other resources are created voluntarily to help encourage churches to become more accessible to those with disabilities. Emily would love to give more to her role as disability advisor. One simple way to support her in this is to visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash Emily Williams. Essentially, you donate the cost of a brew from your local coffee shop. You can even commit to it monthly. That's buymeacoffee.com forward slash Emily Williams. Thank you for any support you can give. more um i do think uh children with additional needs and uh children without additional needs would 
benefit from having some sort of a visual timetable for the plan of what the session's gonna look like so that they know what's happening now, what's gonna happen, what the order of events are. There is a, a computer program package, mm, something you can access online called Widget, who enable you to type a word in and they then give you a black and white drawing, very similar to the Makaton signs that uh, you, you could produce your own visual timetable. Yeah, and if you don't have access to widget, um, you can take, you could just take actual pictures just on your mobile phone and print them off. Um, and sometimes that can be more helpful dependent on the child's needs because they can Absolutely. see the actual thing. Um, actual people as well yeah. that are going to be, um, you know, involved in that morning. Yeah. There might be some children who would benefit from having that in a little booklet maybe on a Wednesday, if, if, you know, in preparation for a Sunday, if that's when your kids groups meet, so that they can be prepared. Sometimes just walking through that room door is not enough preparation. You know, may, maybe have it as they come through, if, if you meet together as a church family first, and then the kids go to another room for their, more specific events maybe as they arrive in the morning you could give them a a you know a plan of what's going to happen for the whole morning including what's happening as the whole church family meet before they then go out yeah. to their specific work so so i think a visual timetable could be really really helpful and actually once you yeah. put the legwork the initial legwork of taking some pictures printing laminating sticking velcro on that's actually really it's quick it's really easy once you yeah initial, the initial making it's seconds of admin weekly isn't it yeah yeah absolutely it would be that first that that initial making there might be some additional things that you need to add along the way if you're going to do it in september then you get to christmas and you're thinking i need some more appropriate visuals um but it doesn't even have to be um, Velcro, of course. You could just use a bit of blue tack or a bit of sellotape. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be as complicated as Velcro. The other thing that, that I think could be a really useful tool is to have um, what I know as a now next or a first then board, which is just a really simple A4 bit or a bit of paper folded in half the top of the left-hand column you have now, the top of the right-hand column you write next or then, whatever vocabulary they're used to. You need to talk to the parents or the child themselves. And again, you use your visual timetable there. We're doing this now. First, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do that. That, that breaks down the process into more manageable pieces, if necessary, for children who would find that beneficial. Yeah, it helps a, a half an hour session not feel really daunting, doesn't it? It's like actually, I'm doing this now and this next, and then you switch the next to the now and put the next thing in, and they're only ever processing two things. Which is a big deal for some of our children who, who are struggling a bit. So there's the visual timetables and the now and next, 
else what else um would you say uh, anything else has sprung to mind that that the children who might be struggling to engage that it's okay for them to uh disengage for a while to roll on a gym ball to push against a wall to have a bit of play-doh and do some finger dough exercise you know to, it's okay to have a break and to do something completely different in, fact, in it's one only of okay that's probably really beneficial yeah <laughs> absolutely offer that, offer that. Do, like do you anyway. need to go have a space that has those those resources shall yeah. we go spend a few minutes over there and, yeah. and come back to this later absolutely have a box or a basket of stuff that you know having spoken with the parents or the child themselves is something that they would benefit from have that available and, and at any time it's okay for them to go and get their basket and and just get something out of it uh, and to make sure that you've got enough staff that if somebody needs to be with that child one-on-one -on -one for a period of time then the rest of your session can still run yeah. if if somebody's needed just to support that person for a little while. So we've been chatting about supporting the children. You mentioned earlier that your role at New Wine involved like pampering parents and making cups of tea and doing washing and things like that. Um, as part of being church family and and all of that, what that means, um, we need to be supporting parents and families um loved ones spouses whatever it might be in that situation um, siblings siblings yeah why why is that important and and how have you done that how would you do that in your church setting well it, it why is that important because you want to include everybody I, I would imagine being a parent of a child who's got additional needs can be very isolating and to me it makes sense that you want that person to feel precious honored you know they're doing an amazing an amazing amazing job i cannot imagine how tricky it must be for some of our parents to to be with those children with additional needs 24 7 at the weekends and in the school time uh, sorry in holidays in holidays and in lockdown absolutely you you want to honor those parents and siblings and 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 you know give them a bit of help and support and kind of try so, and remove that us and them barrier i've heard from parents um they kind of feel like they or they can feel like not like your regular parents and not part of that club and actually that's not what church family is about like you're all in the club we all everyone has something that makes them different everyone has something that i don't know is harder for them to carry or or anything like that and so it's about just being church family so while we were at um st john's church in hinckley there was a group that uh recognized that it would be good <clears throat> for something for the whole family to to do together Often you hear about activities during holidays for mainstream kids, um, not so much for children with additional needs. 
not very much at all for anything integrated. Um, so, well, you you were part of the team. We 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 facilitated the whole family of a primary school child with additional needs on a Saturday afternoon. It was then once a month. The whole family were invited. We had um, sofas and coffee tables and the daily paper and some magazines, um, tea and coffee available, healthy snacks, many drinks cakes. for the children, many homemade cakes. Um, and then we'd have craft activities. We'd have messy activities. We developed a... Um, sensory room we put <laughs> climbed precariously on windowsills to velcro up blinds at the window to, don't tell don't tell the health and safety officer <laughs> to, um, to, to black out the window so we could have a black you know a, a, a sensory room um we had a table tennis table there was soft play We'd do a sensory story, there were songs, and the whole family was welcomed. And often the whole family did activities together and families mixed, parents chatted and supported each other. Um, a couple of parents have known to uh, snooze in the sensory room. Uh, so, so we did, we facilitated the whole family. Yeah, and you're right, think... actually, a lot of the feedback we got from that was it's the only place that their siblings can play together, not at home. They said there was loads of groups that sibling one could go to, and actually a fair few that sibling two could go to, but there was nothing that they could do together. Um, mm. And, you know, church, what a great opportunity, church to come together. Absolutely. So I, I would uh, welcome an opportunity to to develop that here, mm. uh, having having relocated down here to Devon. The other thing that was good about that is that siblings of children with additional needs were able to get together and support each other as well, which I think is just as important as the parents supporting each other because they're in quite a, the siblings are in quite a unique situation yeah that that actually their other friends might not appreciate or understand yeah and depending on the level of the need of that of their sibling um their home life might look quite different to their yeah. friend's home life um and and that's totally okay there's no right or wrong way for your home life to look but um, I think we all appreciate the value of finding someone in the same boat as you, essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that was running a whole separate group. I'm aware that some people listening might um, not have the facilities or the capacity to set up a whole group right now. What, um, how can we support parents just on a Sunday morning or to access life groups or just to be friends? How the, some of these parents have got you know mounds of paperwork they might have medical needs they're attending to and um they're probably working themselves and all of this how can we just just on a sunday morning or just at life group or just in normal church what how can we um support them and just try and make them being involved easier i think you befriend them mm. you're, you're friendly 
and, and ask if there's anything that that you can do to help and I know your your token, your uh, your, state, your trademark move, as maybe I would say, um, if you know that someone I don't know had I don't know a Thursday of back to back appointments or was working all morning, then had to go to a hospital appointment and fit in load of paperwork. You know, at some point on the Thursday, magically dinner would have appeared on their doorstep. Love from Sam. <laughs> um, and actually, that's so easy for you. You've just chucked something in the slow cooker or you've doubled up the night before. It's not mm. taken much for you at all. Um, dropped it round with a bunch of flowers or with some chocolates. And they've then not got to cook dinner. They've got healthy home cooked food um, and they feel so loved, like so loved and cared mm. for. Um, and I love that. And that's so simple, isn't it? I mean, we we can all we can all do that. It doesn't have to be a meal. It could be a batch of homemade cakes or something, just just to deliver on the doorstep. It could be an offer to pray for them. In in non-COVID times, it could be an offer to go and sit in the house so that mum and dad can go out for a date night. Yeah, I think I often can find I get caught up almost overthinking it, like, oh, how can I fix it? How can I fix it? Actually, I don't need to fix it. I just need to walk alongside with them. Um, Absolutely. And I don't know, say you know that um, a ch one of their children is, I don't know, my child loves Frozen right now. And so uh, say this child loved Frozen, you were doing your weekly shop and saw a Frozen magazine. Oh, I'll chuck that in, drop that over. Like just nice things like that. Just little. We all like knowing that somebody else has thought of us, don't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And followed that with an action how much more so for the parents of children who ha have have an additional need yeah I mean I've heard a lot of parents or, or adults or families with additional needs saying actually lockdown life is pretty normal for them in terms of the levels of isolation and the mental health implications and all of that and if you think how much you or I um, are just struggling with that and just being living lockdown mm. life that's normal mm. that's everyday life so the mm. things that we give us a boost now you know a facetime call house group online flowers on your doorstep anything like that um a text thinking of you today mm. it's invaluable isn't it mm. and Absolutely. so simple so easy okay we're, we're drawing to a close um I want you to imagine you're talking to someone um, and they're asking you for three top tips uh, for church inclusion. And I know we did cover a couple earlier, but you're not allowed to use those again. I want three different ones. <gasps> <laughs> um, what would they be? Practical, easy, achievable for any church, be that city, village. Okay, so, so my number one is be friendly. Number two, uh, communicate. Find out from parents and the child themselves if if uh, what it is you can do to help them. Um, and then my my third one, my third top tip, is then to go away and research it and be informed. Learn oh, yourself. Well, that's really supportive for parents to know that you care enough that actually, in your own time you've then gone away to find out a little bit more about their child and what makes their child as unique as they are. That's three very helpful top tips. Okay, I close every podcast by asking guests the same question. So here you go. 
Why is it everybody's responsibility to be aware and to include? Okay, and I would say to you, why isn't it everybody's responsibility? That's what I we... said. <laughs> I was... when, it, when it was my episode last series and Ben was interviewing me, he asked me the question to which I said, well, I think I'd just respond with, why isn't it everyone's responsibility? Okay, so let me expand a little on that. And, oh, uh, like mother-like daughter. Like mother-like sorry, daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so we are created to be in relationship, okay? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are in relationship with each other. Adam arrived. He was then in relationship with them. And then Eve arrived, okay? We are made to be in relationship with each other what is it we're missing at the moment february 2021 it's not stuff we're missing oh i've gone <laughs> oh, about 40 minutes in you were doing so well <laughs> it's relationships it's meeting people i miss you too mum. <laughs> So, so scripture tells us we have to love one another. Nowhere does it say love only those with blonde hair. Nowhere does it say love those who have the same skin colour as you. Nowhere does it say love only those who believe what you believe, who think what you think, who you understand or who you like. We are clearly instructed, encouraged many, many times to love one another. So why wouldn't we want to include anybody? I mean, you've just, you've nailed that. I couldn't, I couldn't have said it better myself. We're all crying. It's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, excellent. We'll all go and have a drink, a cup of tea, grab some tissues. <laughs> uh, thank you for chatting with me. Thanks for coming out of your comfort zone. Um, listeners, thank you for tuning in. Hope you found it helpful. Make notes, email if you have questions. Um, and yeah, I'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Mum. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Disability in the Church podcast. For more information about the topics discussed today, then you can head to the Diocese of Leicester website and search Disability Resources for Churches. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us next time. Bye!